Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. So I wanted to start out this morning with a question. Um, how many here have questions about the end times? Any? Yeah, okay. Well, this morning I'm going to answer every question you ever... No, I'm not. <laughs> not. <laughs> Um, you know, it is, it's, it's interesting that um, we, we tend to be fascinated by those kinds of things. And it seems like every time an event happens in this world or, or something happens in the heavens, you know, people start making predictions. Um, like the, a, meteorite, a meteor explodes over um, Russia and meteorites fall all over the place. Oh, it's a sign of the end of the times, you know. Um, or, or, um, or the Mayan calendar. The world was supposed to end December 21st, 2012. And here we are. Back when I was in high school, uh, there was a very popular book that was going around. It was written by a guy named Hal Lindsey. It was entitled The Late Great Planet Earth. And he was talking about how this, you know, we are in the end times and you know, we probably won't make it out of the 70s. Well, we made it out of the 70s. And he wrote another book. The 1980s. Gateway to Armageddon. And then the 80s came and went and... Then he wrote another book called Planet Earth 2000. And now it's 2013 and none of that ever happened. And then, of course, just a couple of years ago, right here in our own backyard, um, Harold Camping made the prediction in uh, May of 2011, the world was coming to an end. Jesus was returning and that was going to be the end of human history. And then that date came and went. And he said, oh, a little bit off of my calculations. It's going to be October 2011. And October 2011 came and went, and we all survived. And then he said, I'm done making predictions, which was probably the best thing that ever came out of his mouth. <laughs> we are fascinated with this stuff. And, and that's been around for centuries. For centuries, there's been people making predictions. And in fact, back in Jesus' time, his own disciples, because we've been going through the book of Luke, and we're at the stage where it's the last week of Jesus' life. And he's been talking about things are coming to an end for him and preparing them for what's going to happen. And so they've got questions about all of this. And they asked him a very specific question. It's found in, um, in Luke chapter 21, if you want to turn there. They said, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? And this was Jesus' answer, beginning in verse 8. He replied, watch out that you're not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming I am he and... The time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs in heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and put you in prison. And you will be brought before kings and governors all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm, and you will win 
life. Verse 25. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close in on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. That's some pretty fantastic language. And it's a little hard to understand and to figure out what that's all about. And and in the nature of what Jesus is saying, some of those things have already happened. Many of these things have already happened. So they were were near time. This is what's going to happen soon. And some of the things that he talked about are things for future events. But he doesn't give a timeline. They ask him the question, when are these things going to happen? And how will we know? What will be the signs that will show us? How do we know this is happening? And he doesn't say, okay, here's a timeline. Here are some charts. Here are some graphs. Here's some information. Now you just figure it out for the rest of the next you know, 2,000 years or however long it takes. He didn't do that. There's a lot of stuff that's, that's a little vague And I think it's vague purposely. And when we try to figure it all out, we get ourselves in trouble. There are a lot of things that are not very, very clear, and they're hard to understand. But there are some things that are very, very clear. And the trouble is, we get fascinated by the stuff that we don't understand, and we try to figure it out. And we ignore the stuff that he said is very, very clear. And and I kind of made a joke about it, but really, this is what you really need to know when it comes to the end times. It's not about charts and graphs. It's about some very specific things. Some very specific words that Jesus had for his followers then and for us now. And the first one is simply this. It's very, very clear. He says, don't be deceived. Just don't be deceived. Watch out that you're not deceived, he said. For many will come in my name claiming I am he and the time is near. Do not follow them. We get so obsessed with timelines we get so obsessed with the end times and trying to figure it all out he says listen listen this stuff is all gonna happen but what i want you to know is don't let it throw you off track don't be deceived people will come in my name people make all kinds of predictions all these things will kind of happen he says but but don't get let that get you off track Christian author wrote this. He was, he was writing in, about the end times and just saying he was so overwhelmingly distressed by desolating earthquakes, sweeping fires, distressing poverty, political profligacy, private bankruptcy, and widespread immorality. It was written by a man named William Miller in 1843. <laughs> and thousands of believers followed him and thought, this is the end times. And it wasn't. 
He said, you're going to get off track if you keep looking in that direction. He says, don't be deceived by all this stuff. People are going to make predictions. People are going to do all kinds. He says, don't let that get you off track. And, and one of the things that does, not only does it get us off track on the things that we're supposed to do, but I think the greater harm is erodes the, the credibility of Christianity. Because when people make all those kinds of predictions and everybody starts, they, they get all kinds of publicity. And then when it doesn't happen, everybody laughs and say, those stupid Christians. He says, don't let that happen. And it's bad enough when Christian teachers and writers and preachers start getting off on that stuff. But it does even worse damage. And we've seen it happen with guys like Jim Jones and other doomsday cults. David Koresh, where people lost their lives. On one occasion, thousands of people lost their lives because they followed someone that Jesus said, don't follow them. Jesus said it's, it's foolish to speculate on all this stuff. He says that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Only the Father. There's only one person who knows. Don't listen to anybody else. <laughs> That's basically what he said. And, and you know, if I was a smart person back in, in December of, of 2012, if I was really smart and everybody was talking about, you know, the end of the world, my encounter, blah, blah, blah. If I was really smart, if I could find somebody to do it, I should have gone to Vegas and made a bet <laughs> against the end of the world. Because here's the deal. If I'm right and they're wrong and the world doesn't end, I got a bunch of money coming in. And if I'm wrong, oh, well. <laughs> Come get it from me, you know? It's the end of the world. It's foolish. It's just dumb. And in worst case scenario, it could be devastating. God's perspective on time is completely different than ours. I was trying to think of an example of that. Here's the best one I could come up with. It's kind of stupid. but So when you're watching a football game and somebody comes into the room and they says, how much time is left? And you say, oh, two minutes. Now, you know two minutes does not mean 120 seconds. It's two minutes on the clock, but it, that's all relative. See, that, that's the thing. For God, this is all relative. So he says, don't get caught up in timelines and charts and all that stuff. Don't be following people who try to set, set all of these dates for you. Don't, don't be fooled by people who come and say, this, it's come, and I, I'm the incarnation. He says, don't follow them. So if there's anything you need to know about the end times, there's going to be a lot of people making a lot of prophecies, and a lot of them are going to be very, very destructive to humanity. Don't follow them. Don't be deceived. Second thing he says is don't be afraid. Do not be frightened, he says, verse 19. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. He says, yeah, the world's going to go through turbulent times. It will do that. This world will experience that. In fact, Paul wrote about it, talked about all of creation is groaning, <laughs> looking for that day. He says, it's going to be rough. And in fact, not just the world, it's going to be rough for you. Nation will rise against nation. There will be great earthquakes and famines and pestilences. Before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. Don't be afraid. Now, historically, we know that happened. First century believers were arrested, were tortured, were put to death because of their faith. I had a chance a couple of years ago 
to go to Rome. And, and one of the things we did while we were in Rome, well, we went to the catacombs and saw the literal underground church. But we also went to the Colosseum. And it was a moving experience to stand in this arena where 2,000 years ago, I, I just, it, it was just moving to me, 2,000 years ago on this very arena floor, people were put to death because they were followers of Jesus. Jesus said, that's going to happen. That it was so bad, first century Christians, during the persecution of Nero, the Roman, the Roman um, historian Tacitus actually wrote that people took pity on the Christians for the calamities that were, and, the, and the tortures that were being executed on them. That, that the people who weren't even followers felt bad about it. It was that bad. And by the way, that has not stopped. I mean, we live in a country where we enjoy religious freedom, that we have the ability to gather together like we do this morning to celebrate without fear of reprisal of any kind. But in a good portion of the world, that is not the case. People are still being put to death for their faith in places like North Korea, in Iraq, Iran, Northern Africa, Pakistan. In fact, I just read in this morning's paper, this huge riot. And, and it's a picture of a huge bonfire, and they're throwing a cross in it, persecution on Christians. We're so far removed from it, we don't know about it. We don't experience it. We don't think about it. But there are people in the world today that are losing their lives because of their faith in Christ. And Jesus said, that's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen to you right here and now that I'm talking to, and it's going to happen on and through history. It's going to happen. We don't experience it, but the most persecuted religious people in the world today, according to uh, a number of different sources, in fact, it's been written in a book that's just coming out called Persecuted. They quoted this as a, Christians are the single most widely persecuted religious group in the world today. Studies by the Vatican, Open Doors, the Pew Research Center, Commentary on Newsweek and in The Economist all affirm that truth. Some of it's religious persecution. Some of it's just political. But he says, this world's going to go through turbulent times and you are going to go through turbulent times. He says, don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid. Jesus didn't promise there would be an absence of struggle. What he did promise is, I will be there with you. He says, make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves, for I will give you, I will give you the words and the wisdom. I will give you the ability to withstand it. In fact, do you know the Greek word for witness is martyros, which is where we get our English word martyr. He said, that's what it will be. Now, we don't experience that, fortunately, but the truth is, centuries later, the Roman Empire is but a historical event, period of time. And the church of Jesus Christ continues to grow and thrive. It says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You don't have to be worried about the end time. And no matter what happens, you and I really have no need to fear. Because the end is not really the end. In fact, he goes on. He says this, not only don't be afraid, but be confident. Not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. Wait a minute. Didn't he just say we were going to go through trouble? <laughs> Why does he say now not a hair on your head? Because again, 
God's perspective. He's given us God's perspective on this. And he's saying, even, even if your life on this earth were to end in a terrible way, he says, you have a life that is far more real beyond this. That's the eternal promise. And that is the thing that kept believers and has kept believers through the centuries following faithfully the words of Christ and the, and the teachings of Christ and putting their faith in Him. It's the thing that has gotten people through terrible times because they know this life is not all that there is. God's perspective is far different than ours. And His timing is far different than ours. And He says, listen, at the bottom line, what happens when these things begin to take place it says, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He's saying the moment things mo- seem the most hopeless, the moment the things seem the most helpless, the moment you think that, that you are not going to be able to stand it, he says, that's the very time that you will know. Your redemption draws near. See, someday, someday, Christ will return, and he is going to right all wrongs. He is going to restore every loss. He is going to wipe every tear away. He is going to bring the new heavens and the new earth, and we talked about it last week. That day is coming, and he says, when things seem the worst and the most hopeless, he says, just look up, because that day is coming. Your redemption draws near. You don't have to be afraid. In fact, stand strong. Be confident. The end times are not really the end after all. And he even gives a parable. He says, look at the fig tree. When it sprouts leaves, you see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near, that he will heal every hurt. And, 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 and you can be so sure of that eternity that as sure as you are that summer follows after spring, you can be assured that this life ends in eternity. You can know that. He says, that's what you need to hold on to. Have confidence. Stand strong. He will carry you through. But he gives one more, warning, one more word. And it's a little bit of a warning. He says, be careful. Be careful. Because with such a long delay, and now it's been over 2,000 years since he spoke those words, it, it's, it's easy to just start thinking about, well, maybe it's never really going to happen. Or at least we don't think of it and anticipate it happening in our lifetime. Because there's so, such a long delay, honestly, there are times that I don't think much about heaven at all. He says, be careful about that. Be careful about that because... If you forget that there is an eternity, then you're going to start focusing on all of your life here on this earth as if this is all there is. And just because God has not come and fulfilled the promises like He said He would yet, don't get so caught up in this life that you forget that it's true. The Apostle Peter wrote about it in his second letter. He said, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. God stands outside of time. A day is like a thousand years. Funny story. An economist went to God. said, Lord, is it true that a thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand years? Yes, that's true. He says, well, that must mean like like a minute must be like a billion years to you. I said, yes, that would be true. Well, that's true then. It's like a million dollars must be like just a penny to you. Yeah, that would be true too. Could I have one of your pennies? 
God said, just a minute. <laughs> it's all a matter of perspective. He says, listen, there will be a delay. It's not going to happen when people start making predictions. It's not going to happen when you figure out the timeline. It's going to happen in God's timing. It's going to happen in God's timing. But for you here on this earth, he says, make sure that you live your life here and now in light of eternity. Don't get caught up in all this. Don't get deceived. And, and, and don't be afraid. Be confident. But be careful. He says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down. Weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of life. He says, if you forget that there is eternity, if, if you don't think about what God has for you in the future, and all of your life becomes so focused and consumed right now, then all of your life is going to be about how you can get to feel better here in this earth and, and, and how you're going to deal with the worries of this earth. And he says, you need an eternal perspective. Live, we talked about this last week. Live your life on this earth in light of your eternal destiny. Because that's what we believe as Christ followers. In fact, that is what is at the heart of our mission as a church. That we believe that every human being has an eternal destiny. Every human being has an eternal destiny. And the reason we talk about changing the way people view the church, the reason that we say that our mission is to help unchurched people become wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ is because we believe every individual, every human being has an eternal destiny. And Jesus Christ came to this earth and died on a cross to pay the price for the very thing that would separate us from that eternity. And he rose from the dead so that we would know that there is a life after this one. And he did all of that so that we could live that eternity with him. And the reason we exist as a church and the reason that we, we, we focus the way that we do and the reason we do what we do is we believe everybody has an eternal destiny and Jesus wants that eternal destiny for every person to be with him. And it's our job to help make that happen however we can. Yes, we live good and godly lives looking forward to the day of God and speed its coming. It's coming. Speed its coming. Making up there come down here. We pray it. We sing. We sang about it this morning. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. See, that is how you live in light of eternity. Not afraid of the end times. And not following rabbit trails and getting thrown off your guard. And not forgetting that, that there is an eternity, but living this life in light of eternity. And lining up my life in such a way that I am moving in that direction. And that I'm doing everything I possibly can to bring other people along with me. Because everybody has an eternal destiny. And it is God's plan, God's intent, that that eternity be with Him. And that's why Christ came and gave His life. So that you could know that beyond a shadow of a doubt for yourself. And so Peter writes, so don't be mistaken. The reason that the Lord has delayed his returning is this. He's patient with you. 
not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Why the delay? Why is it taking so long? Because God wants as many people as possible to get in on that eternity with Him. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California. Thank you.